Hey guys, this is your host, Franziska, and welcome back to the Hikers Anonymous podcast. On this podcast, I help share people's inspirational stories about how hiking, backpacking, and the outdoors changed their lives. If you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Today, I'm talking with Amy, who struggled with alcoholism and finding her identity again after raising kids. To hear how she came out the other side, a strong and confident outdoors woman, stay tuned. Okay, I am here today with Amy. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Excited to be here. Yay. Okay, so we're going to start off with your story, kind of what your history with the outdoors is. Did you grow up enjoying the outdoors with your family? Definitely a city girl. Um, I'm from Southern California. My family, I would not say we're an outdoorsy family. My parents like are not campers. You know, we never did any of that kind of stuff. Never went hiking or camping. Um, but I think my first kind of like experience with like that connection to the outdoors is for some reason we belong to this church and we would rent this church cabin um, in the San Bernardino mountains. And it was this huge cabin and we would like all pile in the cars and, you know, go up there. And the funny thing is this was like in the eighties, you know, so no like internet and stuff, but we would, (laughs) we would load up like our Nintendo, um, our VH, our VHS player and like movies. And so we could do all these things that we did in the city, like in this cabin and, um, it it really was (laughs) kind of funny. But I would often like find myself wandering, you know, just through the woods and following little creeks. And that's when I really, I think it was like my first like connection, I guess, to Mm -hmm. nature where I I really loved that part of it. Mm -hmm. Just like wandering through the woods because it was so different than what I was used to. So yeah, so I looked forward to those trips. Um, And then later on, like in high school, I had a friend, one of my best friends, and we would go out to Kern River, um, mm-hmm. and she grew up camping there with her family, and um, she would take me sometimes, and I didn't know it then, but now that when I look back, we were like dispersed camping. I just would go along, and they obviously would take care of everything, and yeah. so, but and again, I loved it. I loved being on the river. I loved, you know, just being there. It was so calming, and, you know, you don't re- realize these things until you do. Yeah. Um, but so I'm grateful for that experience um, and for them taking care of me because I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's kind of my, my early, I guess, introductions to the outdoors. That's <laughs> awesome. So is there something, in a, an event in your life that kind of transpired to make you into this amazing outdoors woman that you are today? <laughs> Well, I mean, I moved to Oregon when my firstborn was a baby, okay. and then we shortly after that had our, another one, and so motherhood really consumed me mm-hmm. for many years, and I think, you know, I think getting to Oregon, like, subconsciously, I knew I needed to be here. I didn't know I was going to, you know, become this much involved in the outdoors, mm-hmm. but um, I think just being here, just maybe knew one day it would happen, but <clears throat> so motherhood consumed me for many years, and I 
sort of like lost my identity. I was just this mom. And, you know, and then when I think when they were like teenagers and starting to figure out who they were and like where, what their place was in the world, I was like, oh, well, what about me? <laughs> you know, who am I? Like, right. I, I didn't even know. And, you know, I had my drinking had gotten worse along with this, like losing my identity. Mm -hmm. And um, so around that time, I made a conscious decision to get sober. And I knew I loved the outdoors, but I think that getting sober, and I've heard you talk about it before too, like where you just crave those endorphins mm -hmm. because like you would get it from like whatever right. drug you're using right. or alcohol. Or I think like the more I was in the outdoors and the more I was like, inspired by the beauty and like that just the awe dropping you know beauty that you can see out there mm -hmm. um i wanted more and more of it and um so yeah i just started hiking more and more and um i didn't get into backpacking until until i was like 40. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um which it's funny because my husband was a boy scout and so he he knew all about it and did all that as a kid right and he always talked about it and i think he was really happy when i was like ready mm -hmm. that's just gotten kind of evolved over the last couple of years did you when you started kind of your hiking journey did you do mostly solo hiking or did you find like a group or friends i've done a lot of solo hiking um or actually with my dog ruby yeah. i got ruby about a month after i got sober and okay. so her and I would, we would do a lot of hikes together mm -hmm. just to, you know, get out and yeah, you know, I wanted to do them all. Right. <laughs> I wanted all to do all the hikes um, in Oregon and I don't really hike in groups, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, I'll hike with friends sometimes. Mm -hmm. My husband and I will go. He likes to hike on the weekends, especially this time of year. Yeah. So we'll choose a day like Saturday or Sunday and do a hike or we'll do backpacking trips, you know, awesome. but, um, I also like to do trips with my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. so. Very cool. Yeah. I find that groups are hard because it's, you've got to wait on people and you also can't like talk to everyone. Cause if you're hiking single file, it's like there's five or six people, the person right. in the back cannot hear what the person in the front is saying. So I find that challenging. I feel like hiking with more than like three other people is, really hard <laughs> right yeah <laughs> do your kids hike not really no <laughs> uh, I mean I am grateful that you know we did camp with them mm -hmm. I guess you can call it glamping you know but yeah like car camping yeah and little. like staying yeah. in like the rustic cabins mm -hmm. and the rustic yurts at like the state parks and I'm glad we did that um, with them but you know, I didn't really, I wasn't doing a whole lot of hiking until they, they were older, yeah. became adults, you oh, know, okay. or like late teen. And they were at that point, they were doing their own thing. So, right. you know, right. so <laughs> that mainly you were focusing on you basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. I am a huge coffee snob, and I've tried countless brands of instant coffees on the trail over the years. In 2019, I discovered CS Instant Coffee, and my friends can attest that I have been absolutely obsessed ever since. 
I take the awesome compostable CS coffee packets with me whenever I go car camping and backpacking, and they even come with me when I go snowshoeing in the winter as a nice warm drink to enjoy at lunchtime. If you haven't tried this incredible coffee yet, let CS Instant Coffee fuel your next adventure. Walk, hike, run, or bike over to the nearest place you have internet and go to www.csinstant.coffee. That's www.csinstant.coffee. Um, so I guess how has the outdoors helped shape you into the person you are today? I would say I'm definitely more confident mm-hmm. um, now than like when I first started hiking, just realizing what I can do mm-hmm. and like how far I can go and then backpacking even more, you know, <clears throat> being able to carry everything on my back that I need to like stay the night mm-hmm. out in the wilderness is such a huge confidence booster. So yeah, I would say that and also I'm less anxious mm-hmm. and that's probably a lot to do with, you know, not drinking anymore, but um I have found that after like a a really awesome hike or a backpacking trip, that calmness stays with me. Mm -hmm. Like even like for a week, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of like carries me. And so I really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How has your hiking journey changed from the beginning? So how many years have you been really into hiking now? Yeah, I mean, I would say I, so I got sober in 2017, and I, that's when I really started, like, hiking, mm-hmm. um, and then I didn't go backpacking until 2020. Okay. It was actually during COVID, and um, I guess just realizing that I was capable of doing, like, longer miles mm-hmm. and, you know, more elevation, and and that's, again, you know, building confidence. Do you find that... Because you mentioned earlier, when you first started, you wanted to just, like, do all the hikes. Oh, yeah. Do you still have that, like, burning desire where you're like, okay, this is my list. I got to get them all done this summer and that. Or do you find that now into your, you know, several years into your hiking journey, you've kind of slowed down a little bit and are more enjoying the process versus just, like, getting all the hikes in? Yeah, definitely. And I've also, like, started... Kind of, I like to explore like new areas. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've kind of done a lot of the hikes, you know, in the Willamette Valley, um, you're venturing further out. Yeah, like yeah. last summer, I discovered the Trinity Alps in Northern California, mm-hmm. and um, I've been trying to get up into Washington a little bit more. I just got back from Mount Rainier National Park, and um, so I love exploring new areas I've also been thinking a lot about national parks just in general Mm -hmm. and whereas before I never really thought much of them but right as we only have one here right so I'm like okay but then there's like nine in California and I'm like I want to go you know yeah see all those national parks so I guess like yeah it's just kind of like really increased my curiosity about natural places Mm -hmm. and all over the yeah the United States yeah yeah but I mean definitely here like we we do have a short summer so I do (laughs) um and I've heard you talk about like the panic of (laughs) trying to get all your hikes and backpacks in 
um, because there's such a short window. So yeah. it really is with the with the snow, extended snow sometimes, and then the fires start, and then the fires, yeah. and then sometimes like last year we had such an early cold fall mm -hmm. that it really just makes the season sometimes so short. Yes, <laughs> and I. Oh, I really don't like snow. However, I will say I did buy a pair of snowshoes and I have been getting out and doing some snowshoes in the winter because I want to see the mountains. Right. So. <clears throat> and unless you're into skiing, that is really the only yeah, way to do it. <laughs> I just, I just don't like snow. I think maybe because I'm from Southern California. I don't know. I don't like snow either. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. Not a fan. <laughs> Uh, do, do you like snowshoeing though when you were doing it or you're just doing it to see the mountains? <laughs> I mean, it's okay because I feel like it's it's pretty similar to hiking. Right. You know, um, and it was kind of fun. Like this past winter, I did hike to a couple of shelters, mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can actually like stay the night here. That's kind of fun. This totally new experiences right. for me. But right. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, I don't sell snowshoeing either. So. I know. <laughs> I actually just got rid of my snowshoes oh this my last gosh. year. I'm like, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, I have two pairs. I sold the pair that was, I got a pair of snowshoes that was way too large for me. Mm -hmm. And they were just so heavy and so cumbersome. I'm like, I'm making this an even more miserable experience than it has to be. Right. And so I got rid of them. I have a small pair of tubs, snowshoes. But they're currently broken, so I'll probably get them fixed. And I try to venture out like twice or three times a, a season. Yeah, it's, same. <laughs> it's hard to get me to go to the snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so cold, and all the layers you have to it's deal so with. It's so much work. It is. It's so much work, and I don't like driving. Oh, driving. It. Yeah. You know, just That's scary too. Yeah. And the days are so short, so you have to leave pretty early and mm -hmm. there's ice on the road and you, yeah, you just gotta yeah and I have Raynaud's disorder where my oh, fingers right. turn numb and it's very painful and so I'm constantly worrying about that flaring up and right when it's cold that does not help yeah okay well it's summer thank god <laughs> I know we don't have to deal with that for a while <laughs> yes yes um so what are some lessons that you've learned through being in the outdoors and hiking and backpacking? That is a funny question because I was thinking about this when you sent me the questions and, it, and I actually <laughs> just had an experience at Mount Rainier. Yeah. So we, it, this is bear country. I mean, right. and Mount Rainier obviously is bear country and- you Just know, black bears though, right? Right, Okay. yeah. Okay. And you know, you always hear, you know, I know, I know what to do. I know mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to store my food, which, they provided bear boxes at our campsite so and, nice. and we had, you know, we put all of our food and our scented items in there. Are you still required to have a canister? No. So, oh, okay. So, you can basically just bring a sack and put all your yep, food, just okay, a dry bag cool. or whatever. And cool. so, and then some of the other campsites I learned have a bear pole. Okay. So same thing. You just bring okay. your dry yeah. bag and you just use a pole and you hang it up. Easy. But our, our um, particular site had a bear box and I like I said I'm really good about following rules but mm -hmm. I was eating in camp and uh we had a bear encounter oh and it was the first time it ever happened and uh it wanted my pad thai dinner 
it approached it approached while you were eating. at our camp when I was <gasps> eating dinner. So oh, that's scary. It luckily it was kind of a young, smallish bear, but okay. it was very close. And I immediately jumped up and I grabbed my bear spray and I had the safety off before I could blink my eye. Yeah. So I had my had Thai dinner in one hand and my bear spray in the other hand. And my friend who I was with, you know, started, she grabbed sticks and we were yeah. banging sticks and yelling, yelling at the bear. And she looks at me and she's like, go put your food in the bear box. And I'm just food. like, oh it. my God. Yeah, with my bear spray in one hand. So that um, was a really good lesson for me. Because I mean, like I said, I'm, I always do a really good job of like making sure I store my stuff, but you know, I probably should have not been eating in my camp. That was an experience. <laughs> Amazing. So the bear was deterred by your noises? Well, kind not of. right away. Oh, he okay. was not afraid of us. Oh. Um, he definitely was sniffing and just wanted the, I didn't feel like he was a, he was threatening. Right. But it could have gone so much worse, yeah. you know? So I, you know, I ran and put the food and all my stuff away, my food bag and everything. And, you know, we continued to yell and, mm -hmm. you know, throw sticks near it, not Until at he it. Was and, gone. and he kind of sauntered off, you know, just Ooh. took his sweet time. And, yeah. and, you know, finally he left, but it took, it took some time. That was, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, don't eat near your camp. Yes, yes. <laughs> Do not eat in camp. It's <laughs> a good lesson. I, I I had a very similar experience last year. Right. Although we weren't e we weren't eating in camp, so yeah, I don't think it matters. Right. Um, Do you know if any other campers had an experience with the bear near you? So I mean, when we were yelling, and you know, we definitely yeah. were like bear in camp, and then some of the other campers did come over and started kind of like you know yelling. Yeah. And, helping us, you know, but in so the, he didn't come back to the area then. No, he okay, left. Good. He moved on. But we did hear from a ranger that there were was a mama bear and cubs that lived really close to our camp. Oh, and we did see her, but she was more at a distance. Yeah, um, a yeah. safe distance. And yeah. it was kind of fun to watch her, you know, um, but that was very close. <laughs> well, I feel like until you have experiences like that, Yes, you can read about it and whatever, but like knowing exactly what to do, yes. you're not really going to know how you're going to react until you are in that situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Just like you can read all about safe river crossings, right. but until you actually do it and have that practical experience, you're not going to really learn that lesson because yes. these are all practical things you have to learn, not just watching yes. videos or reading about it. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, now I know, yeah. now I know better, you yeah. know? And it, yeah, cause you just, you do kind of get comfortable out there. Mm -hmm. and Especially in Oregon where yeah. we don't really have to worry a whole lot mm -hmm. about bears, except maybe Southern Oregon, but yeah. Here in the Cascades. Yeah. There's not, I've never seen I've, any. I haven't seen. Yeah any either so yeah <laughs> we do get comfortable and mm -hmm. then we go places like trinity alps they have a right. lot of bears yes um i think there's a new bear canister rule down there in I certain areas i know that it's highly encouraged yeah. and recommended that you bring a bear can and yeah. every time i go down there i do bring yeah. a bear can yeah. just because like i've just 
heard so many stories. Right. And, and better safe than sorry. Exactly. Right. And it doubles yeah. as a chair. So, <laughs> right. That's how I look at it because they're so heavy. They I add so much weight to your pack. Yeah. So you're like, how do I make this a positive thing? <laughs> and it's so hard to get everything to fit because it doesn't, you know, you oh, can't move it. It yeah. takes up so much room in your pack. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like them. <laughs> Yes. What is currently one of your favorite things about hiking and backpacking? So, oh, there's so many things, but I think my current obsession, you know, has to do with backpacking. And I just, I love sunrises and sunsets. Mm -hmm. It's just, it takes it to another level because you, I don't know, it makes me feel more connected to the area, I think like sleeping out there and, mm -hmm. you know, just watching the sunset and the sunrise. It's, yeah, amazing. We did that in Rainier at a sunset and a sunrise and it was just amazing. Yeah. It's like yeah. full circle the whole mm -hmm. day in that one place. Yeah. yeah. And all the different colors and just seeing it in different light. And mm -hmm. So yeah. tell me about some trips that you have planned for the summer and fall. Yeah, so I guess the big trip um, is I'm going back to the Wallawas next yeah. month. I went last summer and just was... was that your first time? Yeah, okay. yeah, and very we did cool. the the Lakes Basin, and I was blown away. Yeah. Um, very overwhelming, um, emotionally, physically. It's hard. Uh, it's hard. hard terrain. It's hard, but I mean, I was emotional a lot of times just mm -hmm. from what I was seeing, yeah. you know. And it's, it's hard to explain it, you know, <laughs> Yeah, until you felt something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so beautiful and just, yeah. So I'm taking a friend who's never been and I'm really excited to, you know, experience it through her eyes, mm -hmm. you know, um, but also just go back again. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a big one in August and I'm, uh, I'm finally planning to summit South Sister this year. Ooh, exciting. Okay. Um, I've been wanting to, but it's one of those things where I'm like, it's like scary, but mm -hmm. like exciting. It's like scheduled. Like I have my permit. Right. Right. It's something that I started doing on my sober birthday is doing like a summit. Yes. And so this is going to be for my six years. I love it. This year. Summit South Sister. Mm -hmm. oh, what an accomplishment. That's going to be so great. So celebrate. Are you doing a sunrise summit? Or... I'm not sure okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I will be camping. Okay. I plan to, to camp out at Marine Lake. And oh, okay. So, so it's I... totally doable yeah. then to do a sunrise. Yeah. Okay. But we'll see. I'm not like, you know, I don't want to like over plan and then like not have it work out or. Right. I just want to get up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's next in month. You said in September. September. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's gonna be beautiful, and the yeah. bugs will be gone. I know. So that'll be so mm -hmm. great. And anything else in the fall that you're looking forward to? Um, I don't really have anything like nailed down, yeah. but I love like in the fall, like last fall, there were so many trips that were just spur of the moment. Mm -hmm. And we had like such beautiful weather, like in early October. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's always fun just to kind of like, you know, yeah, jump out there and see where the fall colors are. Yeah. And, yeah. Snag an overnight somewhere, you know? Yes. Yes. 
Well, and then mid-October, the permits are done. So then yeah. if the weather still holds, mm -hmm. which sometimes it does, you can get out and still enjoy some late season Absolutely. stuff. And mm -hmm. I find that that time of year, there's really more people. Mm -hmm. Like even though the permits are done, it's I feel like you can camp pretty much yeah. anywhere and you're not going to see hardly any people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is a message you would like to share with the listeners? I would just say like, the outdoors are for everyone and you belong in the outdoors and the woods are, you know, they're your friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone belongs. And I think people forget that too. They, people get, uh, I think overwhelmed by seeing pictures online and all the information and they don't know where to go because there's so many places they haven't gone before it's like very intimidating I think and not only that I think also there's just such a there's a lot of energy around like gear mm -hmm. um and it's just having the perfect yeah. gear, the right setup yeah. yeah and I think that's probably what kept me from backpacking for so long oh, okay. you know interesting it can be it can be like elitist mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and you open up backpacker magazine and oh for sure all the all the items they have in there are hundreds of dollars and it's like you know you don't really need to buy into that to get outside you know right. you can just absolutely throw a backpack on your back and make sure you have water and make sure your research leave no trace right <laughs> um bring the 10 essentials and, and you're good to go and go outside yeah how, when you first started getting into hiking, what were some of the tools you utilized? Did you uh, find guidebooks or was it online information or? Yeah, so I definitely had, um, you know. that was kind of before the like all trails craze and all yeah, of that. So. Yeah, I, I definitely had um, Sullivan's book. Yeah. Uh, the Central Cascades. Yeah. I, I think a friend and I, a Friend and I went and saw him speak at REI. Okay. And I got his book. And then I stumbled upon your website. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was your website or your YouTube videos first, mm -hmm. but um, one or the other. But your website, I definitely utilized mm -hmm. a lot, like in the early days. I mean, I yeah. still will, you know, go there and check out your write ups and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, and then I got all trails mm -hmm. and. I try to utilize paper maps. Um, mm -hmm. I always try to have one with me. Um, I love planning trips with paper maps. Yeah. And then I definitely utilize my, you know, my phone like right. when I'm out on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah. Yeah. Paper maps are fun to just like lay one out and peruse uh, the different trails. And yeah. Ooh, what is this? <laughs> I haven't heard of this before. Yeah. And then you look it up and. Turns out to be not a trail, right? <laughs> um, are you part of any like Facebook hiking groups or anything? I find that sometimes I hear of stuff on some of the hiking Facebook pages that like I've never heard of before. Yeah, I I am. Um, I I don't think I'm gonna be on Facebook much longer. Ah. <laughs> I'm kind of like weeding over. Oh, right. oh wait, yeah. I, I do the Instagram and I do the TikTok yeah. um, a little bit. So, but yeah. yeah, but there are, it's, it can be very overwhelming with how many groups there are oh, on Facebook sure. and the information yes. is, 
it's cool, but you can really go down a rabbit hole and yeah. you could lose all reality and just, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this um, is true. Yeah, so trying not to do that too much. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> and the Facebook craze. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I love following your Instagram, oh, seeing all your awesome pictures. Thanks. So cool. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, being on the podcast. It was awesome having you. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and happy trails.